Good day, and welcome to The Dish, a connectivity business news podcast. I'm Deputy Editor Nathan Strout, and today we're speaking with Brendan O'Connell, President of Broadband Communications at L3 Harris Technologies, about the company's recent acquisition of Viasat's Link 16 Tactical Data Links business. Brendan, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Nathan. Awesome. So, so Brendan, L3 Harris announced that it was acquiring Viasat's Link 16 business for approximately $2 billion dollars. Uh, back in October, and that acquisition was recently completed just last month. Why was now the right moment to buy this business? So, Nathan, you know, I think, uh, you know, prior to the acquisition, um, we were looking for ways to expand our tactical data links business to complement what was really a lot of our ISR data link experience here at Broadband Communication Systems and in really the communication segment as a whole, uh, you know, we, we were listening to our customers and their tactical data link requirements, and we really, you know, developed a, a, some advanced tactical data link resilient communications ahead of a lot of the industry that meets some of the more near-peer threats as our customers really transition from a counterinsurgency environment in Central Asia more towards a near-peer uh, Indo-PACOM threat. And, um, you know, we, we, we had looked at the market there and we, we listened to the customers. And when you looked at it, really, Viasat provided this instant access to the tactical data link market. Um, if you look at our business here at Broadband Communication Systems, as I mentioned, right, we did a lot of ISR data links really over the last 50 years on Predator, Global Hawk, Ray Eagle, Apache, P8, you name the platform. Um, and those are like wideband pipes that move intelligence data. Tactical data links, Link 16, which is the standard, is a similar technology, but it's more narrow band and moves command and control data back and forth. Uh, and so we had made these internal investments and we looked at the Viasat presence in the market and we said, hey, look, we know that eventually our customers, as they make this shift from counterinsurgency to near peer, are going to have to modernize their solutions. Tactical data links was also a bit larger of a data link market uh, than than ISR data links. And so we saw that growth possibility as well. So, you know, as we begin to enhance the technology, what we saw was this great industry leading technology on the L3 Harris side as it relates to tactical data links and some of the work we're doing with our customers. And then to bring it to scale, we could see how really having the Viasat tactical data link team joining L3 Harris could really accelerate our approach in the market as well as growth because the modernization opportunity is really just starting to go now as customers add more enhanced capabilities to operate in contested environments, what you would refer to or what we refer to as resilient communications. So we saw that really as just a great opportunity. We spent some, obviously, it's really a couple of years in terms of trying to work our way through this. And, and uh, we ended up pulling it off and closed here in the beginning of January. You, you mentioned how the, the military is changing, uh, addressing near-peer competitors. Uh, and, and a lot of this modernization falls under the joint all-domain command and control concept, right? The, the idea of connecting sensors, connecting systems uh, across the military. And it seems like Link 16 is going to play a big role in that. Can you tell us a little bit about how how L3 Harris is approaching uh, joint all-domain command and control and how critical Link 16 connections are to that vision? Yeah. Um, 
I, 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 that's a great question. And I, I guess what I, the way I would answer it is, you know, we, we've been focused on, on that initiative, that DOD initiative now for probably at least five or more years. Um, and really in focusing and enhancing our L3 Harris JADC2 portfolio. Um, you know, whether you call it JADC2 or in some, I would say, you know, some DOD leaders call it C3BM, you know, DOD leadership continues to signal the fact that what is referred to as resilient networking uh, is really a must-have, and particularly to operate in a contested environment. So we know that the demand is there. We know the leadership's intent in the DOD is they need to they need to begin to deploy solutions with resilient networking, and we see Link 16 kind of being in the center of really that whole initiative. Um, so when you look at JADC2, I would say we're prominent player today as we are. Um, we're pretty we're deeply embedded into the DOD and all of their JADC2 development and fielding efforts. If you go back here just in the last year, we've been awarded multiple contracts for JADC2. So with the Air Force, uh, we were awarded a contract called Airborne Edge Node, uh, also known as the KC, uh, KC-46 Tanker uh, Pod, which is really a prototype effort to support connectivity between 5th and 6th gen platforms uh, that are right at the leading edge. In addition, uh, on the Air Force side, we um, were, L3 Harris really was awarded back in September one of five companies named uh, on the ABMS Digital Infrastructure Consortium to design and develop a JADC2 digital backbone for the Air Force, what they call C3BM, uh, which is a strong indication that there's a lot of work to be done and, and significant opportunities. And then, and then I highlight the last one is uh, in the Navy. Uh, we secured a contract back in July to provide the Navy's backbone, uh, really the Navy's JADC2 architecture, I would say, which is really an integrated fires network capability called cooperative engagement capability. And we won the production contract as well as the sustainment for that. And we're going to be uh, continuing to modernize that network. So when you look at those opportunities that we currently have, those JADC2, what I would call JADC2 wins, and then you take the work we're doing there and apply that to Link 16 and the fully deployed 20,000 platforms that actually have Link 16 capabilities in them today, with a lot of them needing to modernize in the future, our leadership on the JADC2 resilient networking front is going to allow us to lead that whole transition or modernization of the Link 16 install base. And so we directly connect these two and think we're really in a great position considering the investments we've made, the competitive contracts we've won, and now obviously bringing that Link 16 portfolio that needs to be modernized into the L3 Harris communications segment. Uh, you know, as you're working to integrate Link 16, this Link 16 business into your uh, company, do you see it as opening up new business opportunities with the military, new contract opportunities, or is this more of an effort to just create integration across the brands and understand uh, how it's going to uh, create more joint solutions, for lack of a better word? Um, I, you know, what I, what I 
think is we we at L3 Harris have got um, a lot of capabilities to offer our customers. Link 16 is the latest capability set. You know, we guide our customers through, as we do, particularly on the modernization efforts. We've got access to not just advanced waveforms, but we have open system solutions. We have software-defined solutions that are uh, really platform agnostic. Um, And we have a whole, what I would say is, portfolio of investments that we've made in a lot of these areas, particularly a waveform portfolio. When you look at the communication segment within L3 Harris, you've got a tactical communications business with a very large tactical radio waveform portfolio. You have the data links now on the ISR side, as well as the tactical data links with the new Link 16 capability. And then you look at other businesses within L3 Harris, and we have this term called one L3 Harris within the company. There's electronic warfare, electronic attack capabilities amongst other things. And we share obviously all that technology amongst us. And so as we're engaging our customers and as they lay out their problems, we take that entire portfolio, we can integrate that into what what we like to call trusted disruptor solutions. Uh, If you've ever heard Chris Kubasik, our CEO, talk about, you know, what is the strategy of this business? It's to come forth with next generation trusted disruptor solutions where we lean on all parts of the company to come together and deliver that. And depending upon what the problem it said is or what the customer's needs are, we can lean in across the entire enterprise and deliver those trusted disruptor solutions to come up with new ways of solving some problems. And it's exciting here as we go forward with it. And Link 16, as you can imagine, just gives us that extra edge now to to be able to apply to a broader set of of platforms and um and 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 I think that that makes it a very L3 Harris is a very compelling JADC2 solutions provider. One of the one of the interesting technologies uh that's part of this acquisition is a Link 16 spacecraft uh prototype. Uh you know, traditionally, Link 16 is a line of sight network. Uh, you know, it connects things that can see each other. Uh, but the, the idea of this spacecraft being able to expand that network beyond line of sight, uh, can you explain how important that is to the future of Link 16 and the future of this joint all-domain concept? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's certainly important to the acquisition, but I'd say it's really important to our DoD customer base. Um, when you look back at this, I, you know, I, I clearly believe that the acquisition, you know, represents a pretty big win for the warfighter, um, because as you kind of highlighted, there's lots of different capabilities, um, that we could offer and what we call multi-domain mission solutions, really, which will now be through the integration of Link 16 capabilities. And, uh, you know, ultimately, you know, at the top level of all of this, you know, we see the acquisition as being helpful towards the goal of providing end-to-end sensor-to-shooter connectivity for the warfighter, particularly in contested environments, but more importantly, across all domains. And so the, the product line that we've that incorporated is really naturally aligned with a lot of the communication capabilities we have. And um, what I would say is, you know, beyond that Link 16 modernization, we have 
um, plenty of customers who are interested in getting access within the DOD to the expanded capability set of bringing Link 16 up to space. So if you think about it, if we can take our payload, which comes along with this acquisition, and we could launch those Link 16 payloads up into the constellations, whether it's, you know, a Leo or a Mio, or we, we can actually expand that Link 16 network across remote regions and, and drive connectivity on, on airborne platforms as well as ships. And so if you think about that connectivity, the space connectivity down to air and maritime platforms allows us to also help our customer drive this Link 16 and resilient comm solutions across the entire enterprise from space, which then ties a broader network together. So they all kind of, if you think about it, feed off each other. A more uh, enhanced space payload business with more regional and remote coverage then drives access onto platforms, whether they be in the air or at sea. And so they all kind of tie together very nicely. In, in terms of getting that uh, prototype payload into orbit, do you have a tentative timeline for when you'd like to see that? Uh, and has the acquisition slowed that down at all? Yeah, um, so so the, the tactical data link business won uh, the uh, transport layer tranche zero program a couple of years ago. And I think I think it's mid this year uh, in 23, we'll be launching that first Link 16 payload into space sometime, I think, in the summer is, is when the planned launches. And then uh, we've also uh, were awarded a contract um, by two primes for tranche uh, one of that same program. And that will be for um, additional payloads to be deployed. I think it's in about a year and a half from now. So you'll see the first launch here this summer. And then I think it's about a year and a half from now. You'll see the second launch for, for, uh, for tranche two. Uh, I wanted to briefly mention another acquisition uh, of L3 Harris Technologies. Uh, recently, uh, in December, you announced the acquisition of Aerojet Rocketdyne for $4.7 billion. Uh, I don't want to get into that acquisition in too much detail, but I'm curious if such a large acquisition is going to impact uh, you being able to onboard and integrate the Viasat Link 16 business. What, what is your time frame for, for having that integration really completed? Yeah, you know, I, I would say, um, you know, if you take a look at where we're at right now, so so we closed the TDL acquisition in 13 weeks. It was it was as fast as I've ever seen anything closed. Um, you know, we got our new colleagues now on the payroll system. They've been integrated to our IT network, quickly embraced by really the company. And we're going to continue that integration here over the next uh, over the next year. Um, you know, what I saw, particularly on day one, was it was really a whole team kind of coming together and just literally launching onto the L3 Harris network and platform. And uh, what I saw was a whole team of people across all functions engaging really with the Carlsbad team and bringing them on board the company, which are skill sets, integration skill sets. Not every company has, um, but I think within L3 Harris, we clearly have them. And as you could imagine, back a number of years ago when we merged as a company, uh, there was a lot of that integration activity that had to take place to bring two pretty big companies together. So the way I see it and what I've already witnessed 
is the integration is 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 really happening very quickly, just like the close did. And we're bringing people online. And obviously, I spent a lot of time in Carlsbad as a part of that, as well as my team. And we're back and forth pretty much each week. And I think the skill sets that we honed on the merger have clearly been applicable here to um, uh, to, to this integration. And what my hope is, and I believe I'm going to be able to make it a reality, is we'll get this integration done here very quickly and allow the custom the company, which is really already focusing on the second uh, integration, uh, really take this off the plate for everybody. And I think we can do it pretty quickly because I think at least what I've seen up to now is there's a great cultural fit um, by the tactical data link team and how they're integrated with the communication segment. Uh, you know, as I mentioned, trusted disruptor strategy, they have very much have that mindset. They have a whole product line associated with um, with link 16 and getting that capability on different platforms. And I really think they'll fit well and we'll be able to make this integration happen very quickly. You know, as you've begun this integration, has anything surprised you or stood out for you uh, as you start bringing these people on board? Something that you didn't understand about the the tactical data links business uh, before you brought it into the fold? Yeah, um, <laughs> I, 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 you know, a number of things have struck me. Right. So one of the things I'm it really on the on a, on, a, on a very positive side is. Uh, as I began to meet the team, particularly uh, in January, the month of January, I, I was surprised, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, about the cultural fit of the two businesses. Um, as you can imagine, the communications segment has a portfolio of product businesses, of program businesses, uh, and um, and 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 how we go about that, you know, the, that commercial model as well as the as well as the program model. And the nice thing is they have a little bit of both, right? So they have the program of record, the Link 16 program of record that the Navy manages across the entire DOD. Um, we clearly have the skill sets to manage those here uh, within BCS and L3Harris, and that's kind of come in and fits very well. And then the product line, as I highlighted, which includes a small tactical terminal that's really deployed on the Apache today, which is a two-channel Link 16. Then we have a handheld dismount, and we have a whole tactical uh, tactical communications business where there's a lot of commonality there. And then we have weapons data link and space payloads, all of that being commercial products. And the communication segment, having that mix of products businesses and program businesses, it really ties those together. So I'd say that certainly is one thing where I was just impressed with how well it fit and and how well the culture of the two businesses tied together very much. And then the second thing I'd say was a little bit of a surprise. I guess another positive surprise is, as I'd mentioned earlier, one of the JADC2 wins we had was with cooperative engagement capability with the Navy. It's the Navy's Joint Fires Program, right? So we won that. It was a production contract and sustainment. Uh, and we're certainly working with the Navy right now and, and pursuing opportunities to modernize that network. It just so happened um, and and. And although we were hoping, but we didn't know what was going on, because I, as you know, like when you're trying to close, the two businesses cannot work together um, just as a part of uh, as a part of the rules in, in terms of uh, on these acquisitions. The tactical data link business actually went out and won a, a CEC modernization effort to modernize the signal data processor, which is kind of like the heart of the system. Um, 
and and to integrate that capability into a Link 16 terminal. And so here we are. We now have not just the prime on the contract, but now we have this great capability that the Tactical Data Link team is working to integrate CEC into the Link 16 MIDS terminal and then deploy that on behalf of the Navy. And that's just another synergy that we we, we thought we might be able to work over a period of time, but that clearly accelerated the process when the Tactical Data Link team won that CEC modernization element. Um, and we're going to continue, obviously, working together uh, to go and figure out how to modernize the full-up communic- uh, cooperative engagement capability network. So those are a couple of things that, that came to mind, you know, as, as the last 30 days um, as we integrate the two businesses. Yeah, that, that's fascinating how uh, the acquisition is going to change contracts that are already in motion that you guys are already working on, as well as opening up new business opportunities. Yeah. Um, well, all right, I think we got to wrap things up there. But uh, thank you to Brendan O'Connell, President of Broadband Communications at L3 Harris Technologies, for joining us on this episode of The Dish. Thanks, Nathan. Uh, appreciate you letting me uh, talk about some of the great things that we're doing here at L3 Harris. Thank you. Thank you.